everybody. Welcome to A Therapist and a Lawyer Walk Into a Bar. I am Caitlin, the therapist in this equation, and... Do we need to introduce? I mean, at this point, if you're, like, who's diving into episode five? I think it's more than that, but... um, I mean, I think if we start having, like, guests come in and, you know, and then we got to, like, really... I mean, why can't you just play along? You know the night that I've had, and my spirit is broken. I like want to let me do anything that is formal at all about this. It's like I'm a disruptor. Yeah, a disruptor. You, I, you don't want me to. I disrupt. Like, oh my god! You want to take it from the top? <laughs> my name is John. I'm the lawyer in this. Situation. And we're your co-hosts of, we're this, co-host. of this podcast, which co-hostess with the Moses was meant to be a companion piece to my newsletter dialoguing on Substack. But I asked John as we were putting Archie down to bed ten minutes ago if he'd read my newsletter, and what did you say? The one that just came out half. I read half. Yeah, yeah. But the other one I read in. Uh, Toto. Did you read, did you read it or listen to it? Read it, and I have discussion points. Okay, great. Um, I think you're gonna, I'm going to make you eat those words by the time this has concluded. This companion piece is concluded. Okay, so I'm going to eat those words. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Um, but really, what this is is us talking once a week without phones, making eye contact, like actually connecting. And like the title suggests, it's like as if we were to have walked into a bar to just chat. And that's kind of what this is. And sometimes we talk about my newsletter. There you have it. Great. What's our um, What's our rating count up to? I don't think anything We changed. got any comments? We got any... We saw a lot of family over the last two weeks, and they indicated that they would leave a review, but it's too hard for them to sign into their Apple account, I think was the excuse I got. Um, oh, good one. Yeah, we're at the same. So I should remember that one, put a, put a pin in that one. Yeah, I mean, my understanding of, like, if you're listening to it on Apple or Spotify, you're already logged into your account. Yeah, and these days, like you don't even need to know. You just the, the phone reads your face, and you're logged in. So unless like they're dealing with some John Travolta, uh, Nick Cage face-off, do not issue. talk about face-off. You will not watch that movie with me. I've asked repeatedly throughout the decade-long relationship we've had to watch this film, and I don't know why, but you will not watch it with me. Got to keep. Got to keep something out there, you know, that that we're looking forward to at some point. I mean, you're going to be so happy when we're celebrating our 50th wedding anniversary. And I'm like, I got you this gift. And it's a private way, screening of Face Off. This is going to be our eighth episode. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Nobody did. Uh, 
leave a review or a rating. But you told me not to bring it up at the beginning anymore, so not gonna. Okay. Not gonna, gonna, gonna. So we are, well, as I said before, my spirit is crushed. The last two hours have um, eviscerated my soul. And yeah, I felt really good coming back from that trip. We had a great trip, right? I think so. Yeah. Um, very minimal uh, tussles. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just one? Just one tussle. One tussle. Yeah. How do you feel like it went? Tussle-wise? Yeah. It was a, I, I think it was a, a spat. Is that bigger or smaller than a I'd tussle? Smaller than a tussle. Okay. You know, bigger than a... A to-do, but not as big as a tussle. Okay. And do you feel like we handled it well? I think so. I think we got there. I think we allowed ourselves to... I guess I'm leading the witness. Yeah, it's okay. An open-ended way to ask that would be like, how do you feel like we did? I feel like we did well. I think we, we... allowed ourselves and I feel like you allowed me to be upset and which was nice not that you don't but it was just nice to be able to be there and and it allowed me the space to then appreciate where you were coming from and how do you feel like I let you be upset by like but just like not not lashing you know back about you know how I was how I was affected by what happened versus, mm. you know, like trying to justify. Like I didn't defend myself. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You didn't get immediately go to defense's guns on it. You, you let it. Hmm. Okay. I felt like I did a little bit. So I'm interested. That's interesting hmm. that you didn't feel that way. Maybe it was relative to other occasions where I feel like okay, um, I've, I've felt you get defensive quickly. Okay, okay, yeah, yeah. It was a toughie because I felt like I could totally see why you were upset in my role in that, um, and I was in the wrong, and. I felt like the reason why I was upset was like I didn't want to miss that because then I we would just get like the same thing was going to happen. But I think you did a good job in that conversation kind of validating that yeah, you didn't get defensive. I think neither of us got defensive, and that helped. Amazing how that happens, how that works. Yeah, right, right, <laughs> right. I mean, I think we both were a little bit, but it wasn't like it could have been so much worse. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, I think there is a, you know, a Tai Chi aspect of it, <laughs> you know, where you just kind of like, you see, like, let 
let your defensiveness get out. I'm not going to like fight your defensiveness with defensiveness. Right, right. Just going right. to let it sort of happen. You're just flowing. That's a good point of being like, of course, we're going to be a little defensive. We're human beings. Yeah. Like, but not being like, that's an excuse for what I did, mm-hmm. which I think is helpful of like, you know, clearly we were both upset. That's why it went the way that it did. And, but not exist being like, well, I have a reason why, you know, I snapped at you. Yeah. And one other thing that you said that I think you said something like, well, I'm not going to let my ego get in the way of what happened. And which I thought was interesting of like, you are kind of saying like, I don't like the way you communicated with me in front of people, but I'm not going to let that get in the way of me trying to hear what you were trying to say through all of that, I think is what you were trying to say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Um, which mighty big of you. Johnny big boy. Johnny big boy. Um, how badly did you want to ignore that interaction and just like not talk about it? Um, I mean, that's my go-to. Yeah. So like heavily, heavily. Yeah. Um, you know, I just wanted to kind of sulk and be dismissive and detach and punish me, punish you and deprive you of my (laughs) interaction. Um, Mm. But uh, we didn't. Thank you for once again approaching it and confronting it and you, doing the work and labor to get I, us through that. I did initiate it and I did try to keep you in it because you were trying to weasel your way out of it. As per use, which was one of my favorite things. Um, you got so slippery. and But I will say... Are weasels slippery? Mmm... Slippery like a weasel, is that a saying? No, but... Isn't it? Slippery like a... Snake. 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 Um, but weasels are able to, like, work their way out of, like, you know, like a hug or something. Um, You've hugged weasel? I... Is a ferret a weasel? <sighs> I don't want to get into your ferret past. I don't have a ferret past. <laughs> I mean, I like them. <laughs> Um, anyway, I, you, that was not that you need to be graded, but I think that was the most, you were, I could tell you weren't like suppressing because there's other times where you've been like, yeah, 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 whatever. Like you're right. Where I can tell you just wanted to be over. You were able to be like, I feel hurt. I also hear what you're saying and I want to like actually repair this. Um, it was, I, I felt like you were very able to hold cause I was having big feelings at you in this conflict and you were able to kind of be like I didn't like that you did that and I can see where you're coming from 
And that was big and hard. And that's what she said. Um, and yeah, I could really, I really felt um, like validated. And it was kind of funny because it was also happening while we were in my parents' condo. And my mom's like asking me for things and Archie's like, come in here. And like to be to both of them, like in a minute. Like, I'm, we're working on something out here. Mm-hmm. And, like, we're going to fucking figure this out. And you guys can figure your shit out. Um, which I thought was... I know that's hard for you to have those conversations in front of other people. And so I was really proud of that, too. That you were able to be like, it is actually more important that Caitlin and I repair this than I save face in front of other people. Was that a part of the calculation at all? Yeah, no, I, I, I definitely... One of the things that I realize and listen, I say definitely a, a lot. Mm. Um, yeah, that's one of the curses of listening to yourself. Uh, once you realize all your such a curse. Minor, uh, mine is ums and likes. Yeah, yeah. We both got them. Got them. I always am mindful of everything else that's going on around me at all times, mm-hmm. as you know, mm-hmm. or anyone who's ever gone to a restaurant with me knows. <laughs> He's got his peepers peeped. The peepers are peeped, folks. And it's, you know, it's the the, the Topoliski stare. I, I call it, he's just like watching his stories. Well, and you, on on Thursday when we had the potluck and I went down to man the table in the public area, picnic table area, and that other group was having their thing. I'm there by myself, manning <laughs> the table. Jan comes down and she's like, Tapaluski stare. Mm-hmm. Just, I, she was like, you were just locked in to all of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, she knows because she's one of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, I was like, oh, yeah, shit. God, I probably just look like such a creep. Like in the corner, like, Just, you know. Yeah. And is there anything in particular you're watching for? I'm always trying to figure out relationships what's going on you know with these people what is their who's what's their story what's their story what's their background what's happening mm-hmm. yeah i think it's part of of being a socially anxious person oh. you're wanting to oh my god it's this bad. cat yeah guys it, we're having a real cat problem it's a tonight. meltdown anyone want a cat <laughs> first person to comment gets a cat <laughs> And if and you act two, now, you, you can two. get two. <laughs> we'll send them to you. Oh my god! Um, okay, okay, okay. So you're, yeah. Right. That would be the. I mean, that would be my guess. Self uh, analyzing aspect is, you know, I want to know what I'm getting into. Who's the threat? Uh, Who's the alpha dog? Who do I have to go punch in the face? Of honey, the... that is not what it is. <laughs> I mean, yeah. It's. It seems like it's curiosity. It's. It's not like you're going to interact with these people. So it's you're not getting intel for. You don't know. I mean. Oh. You don't know when that interaction may happen. I mean. Could it? it somebody could be like, "Hey, what you cooking?" And I'm like, "Okay, I know this person." You have this. to be ready. Got to be ready. Wow, mm-hmm. you really, yeah, you. I think you meet the criteria 
DSM for social anxiety with that comment alone. Yeah. Um, I need you to put that cat in a different room. I don't know. That's going to... He'll give up. He gives up. Sort of Does a, he? It's our backing track. Okay. Um... It's going to break me. It'll break me. <laughs> I'm going to break. I'm going to break. I'm so fucking close to breaking. Okay, so you just want me to put him in... Put him in the bedroom. What were we talking about? I meet the DSM. Oh, yeah, social, social anxiety. anxiety. Okay, yeah, so I think all in all, it... Just to follow up for people who listened to the last couple episodes of us, like, preparing for it, I think... I was really happy with it. I will say, I think the last couple of days and like getting back and just feeling like my, my room for like, not error, but like, I feel pretty strung out and I think it probably was like, no matter how you slice it, no matter how much support you get, like trips with children are not vacations. (laughs) And you know, like, I think that even though it was probably the, it was the best I felt on a family trip and like the most equity between us, I got them probably the most time to myself. Like it still is full on all the time and Mm -hmm. it's not the same. Yeah. I mean, I think, I mean, just looking at at our niece and nephew, I, I mean, I think we're, we're getting there. We're like, probably two years away from like just the three of us being able to go on trips and like, yeah. Being able to close my eyes at the beach. Yeah. And you know, he can go off, do his own thing and, you know, not worrying that, you know, stumble and fall face first into the water and scratch up his belly on the sand. Yeah. 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 Which is what happened. Um, yeah, I think we're getting close, but yeah, I could definitely, I'm, I'm looking forward to my day off this week to recoup my <laughs> faculties. And I hope that you do something this weekend to be off. I think you're more able to turn it off quicker and faster than I am. So like you find your pockets where you find them. Like tonight, we have to talk about this. You, <laughs> we were having leftovers and you were like, you have, you have your AirPods in and your phone out. And I'm like, we're sitting down to dinner. And I'm like, what are you doing? And you're like, I'm watching Hard Knocks in season. And I was like, is this just what we're doing? How should, I was like, should I grab my AirPods? And we'll just like, what? Yeah. It, it, that is unprecedented. <laughs> What's so unprecedented about it that we've never we've never sat and had a meal together and while we're both watching and listening to something else? No, that has never happened. We definitely have, definitely have. Not without talking about it. Oh, okay. So that's the yeah. You wanted a discussion. Yes. Okay. Okay. I want you to think of. Okay. I mean, we're just. I'm heating leftover chili. Like I didn't. I didn't anticipate that this is going to be like a so the only time that we're going to sit and have like family dinner and have a conversation is if food has been made 
that day. That's 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 the test. No, I just think that there is there's a time and place where we're sitting and having a family meal together and we're interacting, and then there's a fucking Tuesday where you know it's just getting done. I am one thousand percent with you. I loved it. It was great, but the fact that you did not acknowledge it at all was like I'm trying to think of a good equivalent to this, but like. I mean, it'd be like if it's different than going out to dinner, but it's something like that. But we've done it like so we've had lunch together where we've not talked about it, where I've made sandwiches and we've sat down and we both are on our phones or listening we to something. Very and we very rarely don't... on the weekends eat lunch together. This we is, have. This is completely different. We eat dinner together every single night. Okay. Well, let's talk about the unspoken requirement that we... It's that... not. It's not. It's not. It's just, in the future, I would just be like, hey, I want to watch Hard Knocks in season while we eat dinner tonight. <laughs> no, you know what? I'm going to do this to you, and I'll see how you can like it. And, and I, you know what? If, if, if I came to the dinner table, and you had just made dinner, and I had just made dinner, and you were sitting there looking at me, and I was like... I I didn't even say anything. I'm just looking down at my phone with my AirPods in watching Being Erica. I guarantee you, you'd be like, what are you doing? No, I wouldn't because I am a trained professional at observation and figuring it out unspoken. And I would say, okay, I I see what... fucking if. (laughs) As if. We just talked about how I, I just I, I will observe. I will sit and observe. Then why can't surroundings. you tell when I'm uh, drowning? You know how to swim. Oh my god. Anyway, anyway, I don't mind it. I loved it. It was great. Next oh. time, just like some like verbal confirmation of like what you're doing. Just like hard knock, hard knock. And I mean, literally. Then you were like hard knocks in season at Caitlin. What's your damage? It's like you, uh, you know what time it is. <laughs> I it's our knocks and I thought it was bad. like a football game or like it's just being like no, I'm watching my stories. Sorry, yeah. saying like, oh my god, football is football. Okay, so yeah, we made it through the trip. I don't know that we'll make it to the end of this podcast, but we made it through the trip mm-hmm. and tried to turn that um into an and. So, yeah. So Nailed last, it. Thanks. So last week I talked about on the newsletter gratitude, travel, and finance stress during the holidays. You said you had some notes. First note. Yeah. Never in my wildest thoughts did I ever anticipate reading something that you wrote in this newsletter that would cite to bankrate.com. <laughs> it just would never, if we were like, what is the, you know, what do you think Caitlin will cite to in this? I, I might've named every, other, every single. Have you ever single... frequented bankrate.com? Yeah, I've been to it. Really? It pops up. I'd stuff. never heard of it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and it was, you know, I guess uh, I agree with you that it was, you know, great to see that sort of 
Did you look at the article? Yeah. Yeah, it was mm-hmm. Dees. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, that's, I guess that's, that's the world that we're, we're in now. Um, that's where we are. Um, you reference our former, um, holiday gift giving. Yes. Which is, it was incorrect. Oh, okay. It was, and, and I think there was a point where it shifted, but for the longest time it was buy something make something oh, find, find something. something got it got and then it. we realized find something was kind of like the same as buy something yes, but it was yes. like it was like something used so then i think we then we started playing with that third one like an experience or you know stuff and then there, then i think one time it was like a re- book a book yeah. but it was yeah okay but for the longest time, it was fine. You're right. Yeah. So is is yeah, this entire close. list just correcting me, or? Um, I, you know how I gotta start. Oh, <laughs> that's right. how I do. Right. Um, uh, then you uh, reference Coles. I I dislike Coles. Yeah. I just like, yeah. and this is you know when. Uh, my mom's eavesdropping on this. She's probably <laughs> going to be disappointed in, in hearing that. But I just... I feel like your uh, mom doesn't shop at Kohl's, does she? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, she's a Kohl's shopper. I, I don't get it. I don't I get it. It's what, a very confusing store. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. It's like a Macy's, but not. Like it's, yeah. a, it's like a It's like a department store in... I guess like Target. Is Target a department? Because it has departments. But I t- it's, it's very different than like a target or a walmart or yeah what else is there even a costco i mean there's some it's all the counters that that's what really fucks me up tons of counters the counters is the problem i think yeah yeah i know it it is and it's like i'm always just like okay you've got you've got some like name brand clothes but it's like the it's the clothes all seem like the name brand companies are like, ooh, all right, this design didn't work out great. Let's just put that mm-hmm. to Coles. Mm-hmm. You know, like mm-hmm. uh, this, these jeans didn't really turn out how we want them. The dyes of it off. Yeah. We'll make this our Coles collection. I know. I know. Just like a little, a little bit off. Yeah, yeah, a yeah, bit yeah, off. yeah, yeah. And I don't know if it just it's like. Be the gloss, the gloss of Coles, like the the, the just Col- being there. Col- it's, cash. it's in Coles. Um, yeah, I don't think you're alone on that one. Okay, all right. Yep. Yeah. I, I just I. But that's like but, every gift card I've ever gotten uh-huh. from my grandma. It's a. I think it's generational. Well, and it's a. I worked with a woman at at Ankin. Um, she loved Coles. Loved it. Yeah. Loved it. I mean, I think it. they have good sales, and they always have Kohl's cash. It's kind of like the old, it's like Old Navy. It's like the Old Navy of department stores. Yeah. hmm If Old Navy had jewelry, and but oh, also old perfume. Navy. Old Navy has those things. But also pillows. Okay. But also off, yeah. sheets, but also blenders. Yeah. <laughs> I know. It is wild. Yeah. It's, Yeah. I don't think you're alone. It's like a, there's nothing that I would say, let's go to Kohl's to get this. 
but I know if I'm in a Kohl's, I'm like, they probably have, they this. probably have this. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so I downloaded the, um, gratitude app. <gasps> Mm-hmm. And I've been making daily journal gratitudes. Aww. What do you think of it? I think it's good. I think it's it's. I a, like the prompts because you prompts can like good. pick the one you want. Because mm-hmm. sometimes oh. it's like too deep. You didn't know that. I, you know, I remember you mentioning that in the. Yeah, you can like. There's can... like a little button on the right where you can like be like new prompt. Because sometimes it's too heavy, mm. and I'm like, I can't get in. Like, or one of them's like, you know. Your favorite movie, and it's like, oh, fuck off! I need ten minutes to think think yeah. about that. Yeah, that was my uh, Logan Roy moment. Ah, fuck, oh, fuck off! off. <laughs> fuck off! Fuck off! Uh, well, but in great. downloading it, oh, there was a weird. I don't know if you've ever seen this prompt ever in an app, but it said, "Gratitude would like to paste from Safari." Have you ever seen like that a pop up on your phone no. that says that? I was like, paste from Safari. <laughs> like, I didn't even go to Safari to get to, uh, you know, I went to the app store right. and got it. And then it was wanting, like, not, like, paste what? What are you pasting? <laughs> so, did anything happen? Did you say no? You were like, please don't paste from Safari. I think I said yes for some reason. I, I don't know... So I don't. I just. I just may be pasting a bunch of stuff from Safari into there. I. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> so. Oh, well, I'm glad knows? you. I'm glad you downloaded it. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Were you inspired by my. My mm-hmm. posts. Yeah, I was. Mm. Yeah. Were those your notes? I'm just gratitude about that. Uh, I do. Um, you know, I did sort of resonate with. The, you know, I think it's something that we both had drilled into us is the guilting us into gratitude, you know, mm, yes, like, yes, yes, it, you lose so much of it when you feel compelled to do it, you know, and it, it really becomes sort of a net zero exercise right? because right. you're learning to be obedient, not to be attached gratitude to people doing things for you. Exactly. I mean, you're just, yeah. Like, you can't even feel the benefits of gratitude. And so, you know, you just feel the weight of guilt. Mm-hmm. Which I think I was thinking about with us is, I think that comes up with us sometimes. Is like, I know in your heart of hearts you feel grateful for all the things that I do for our family. But I think, I think sometimes you feel so guilty you don't think to say thank you. Does that ever does that resonate or no? Uh, I don't know if it's that conscious. Well, you of know. course not. But um, yeah, like how do you feel like you are at experiencing gratitude and then expressing it? Mm. Yeah. What, what grade would you give yourself? B minus. B minus. Okay, that's not bad. Is that B minus bad to you? Yeah. Wow. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, I think that it's it's something that I try to be considerate of, but I don't think it's something that I'm 
naturally compelled to do. Mm-hmm. And so I think that hopefully in making setting an intention to find gratitude in a way that is not a uh, a situational compelling of me to do it mm-hmm. even though in a way i guess the app prompting me is some sort of compelling but it's like it's not it's not a situational thing where i've been told to say thank you yeah where this is sort of my paradigm and i I think it does strengthen that muscle to do it through like the apps prompting or like a gratitude journal because it does i mean the more you are used to something like the more you'll do it and the easier it'll be to access but you're right it's so different than being like you know say thank you um Mm -hmm. but yeah it's I do. That's one interesting thing that I found in researching that concept of gratitude last week. And I see that in my practice is the relationship between guilt and gratitude. They are so linked. And, and then in the, the article that I linked to, it talks about how, especially in power dynamics, whether it's a parent child relationship or, a financial power dynamic in a marriage or like I could see for us, our, our power dynamic is you make more money than I do. And that's your power dynamic. And mine is that I do more of like the childcare domestic, whatever. And sometimes it can feel so imbalanced that it's like, it tips over into guilt. Like I can't even feel grateful because it's so you've done so much. And like, similarly with parent child relationships, it's like you want to feel grateful, but like they've done so much. It tips into guilt. Does that make Mm. sense? No. It may, like I said, I I mean, I'd have to think about it because it's, I'm not, it's it's not a conscious. Okay. Okay. Thing, um, you know, and I think it's all programming too. I mean, it's mm-hmm. well. And I had that uh, on this trip. I had a little bit of a disagreement with my mother about something, and kind of about this topic, where oh, ultimately I said to her, like, we have this conversation about something. And I end up leaving feeling guilty and she leaves feeling unappreciated. And I basically said to her, like, we need to stop talking about this topic. It was about money, which kind of all comes in together perfectly. And I I said, like, we don't need to talk about it. It's not necessary anymore. This is not a conversation that is necessary for where our relationship is at developmentally. And, like, I appreciate you. And I feel grateful for everything that you've done. I I have nothing to feel guilty for, though. And I'm not going to. Like, all the stuff that you have done for me throughout my life, I'm not going to feel bad about that or guilty about that. I can feel grateful. It's kind of doing exactly what I wrote about last week of, like, I, I do feel grateful and I do appreciate you. But the guilt that sometimes it feels like she would desire me to feel which I know she actually doesn't but that's what comes across is like 
that guilt actually gets in the way of me feeling pure gratitude and appreciation for someone. Um, and so, but yeah, we've been so trained, I think. Yeah, I think that, yeah, I think that there is, uh, a guilt dynamic that exists. I think for, if I'm thinking through sort of like you're talking about between us, yeah, I think that I feel, uh, and it's probably training, but I feel with people I know, and this is something we've talked about with us before, with people who I am less close with, I feel an overwhelming need to show gratitude as a way of setting appearances. Hmm. Whereas with people who I'm closer with, like you, <laughs> for instance, <laughs> pull a name out of you, for example, um, you know, there is a like we're good. You don't need my <laughs> gratitude. Which isn't fair in his her hook line sinker. I don't need to thank her. I mean what? Ground for divorce, lack of gratitude showing? Good luck. Um <laughs> I mean to be fair, that's probably one of the causes of a lot of divorces. Yeah. yeah. Um but I mean, I think that that's more of where my uh, and issues I, and are I, coming from. It's yes. not. It's not from a feeling of like you said, you know, this power and imbalance. Okay, it's, so you don't ever feel guilty that I do more with Archie. Well, yeah, no, I I I, I experience that. Yeah, that guilt. But it, uh, and that will may compel me to show gratitude as opposed to the opposite. So. I don't think so. I think it's the opposite. Okay. Like, I think if you, I, it's interesting situationally, like if you go snowboarding and I like watch him for a day, you'll probably, you might say thank you. What, what happened recently? Oh, when you came back from that trip, the guy's trip, you didn't acknowledge that I was alone with him and you know, and usually you would, but it's almost more situational and less like the day to day stuff. Like, thank you so much for taking him to school most days or picking him up or, you know, like it's more the outliers that I think. And so that makes me think, Either you don't think about it or, and maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it, the guilt does compel you to say thank you, but you just said earlier that guilt gets in the way. Yeah, no, I think it, it does get in the way, but there are times where I, you know, I see you doing a lot and doing more than are sort of, not that this is an excuse that you, I shouldn't show gratitude for it, but you know, we have routines that we're in and mm-hmm. that we do. And um, I, I think for the most part with, with, you know, that recent trip being an exception, 
you know, if I do go snowboarding for an entire day or go golfing, I think that I yes. make a point to yes. show you that. I'm like, oh, what you know, can you take some time to do something for you? You yes. know, I think, you know, I think I'm, I did find out that I had COVID, you know, coming back from that, that trip. I think I was a bit, um, you know. Yeah, please. Show me a little bit of sympathy here. You found out two days out. Yeah, less than... So the COVID was already starting and it fogged your appreciation receptors. Okay. COVID brain. Yeah. Well, what's interesting actually is like... What really adds up, I think, is the accumulation of all the little things. All the small things. Anyway. Blink fans out there. Anyway, I think that's an interesting point and it was I was I've seen like not colloquially but like anecdotally in my office how close gratitude and guilt are together and it was really nice to see that like there's been research that has kind of studied that and that there is some compounding effect there that gets in the way and like and then it's also made me think like if anybody's ever feeling really intense guilt looking for gratitude so like if you're feeling instead of being like oh well guilt gets in the way of gratitude you could also flip it and say like whenever I'm feeling really, really guilty, is there some place where maybe I want to say thank you? Like, is there a thank you inside of all that? I thought I heard Archie was uh, Stan. Yeah. Um, Does that make sense? Mm Mm-hmm. Right? Like, is there a thank you hidden in there? Mm Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, but good stuff. Okay. Really, you know, it was, uh, it made me think. It was a think piece. It was a think piece. Mm-hmm. And know, it prompted me like doing that. to download an app, you know, maybe a new sponsor of the program. Oh, my God. Um, and then I also talked about travel, stress, and anxiety. I feel like you're a pretty good traveler. You don't have a lot of anxiety around that. No, I mean, I think I, that my issues with, with travel are uh, are as follows <laughs> here are my issues with traveling one airports Ugh. um no i i think it's uh letting myself if i'm traveling for vacations like l- turning off and being able to just be on vacation okay and i feel like i you know, I don't get to that point until we're about to leave. And then I have like premature anxiety about leaving the trip and a little bit of malaise from that aspect. And it okay. makes it difficult for me to be present and enjoy it. Um, so that's, I think, a problem that I have. Um, Yeah. That's really it. Yeah. I think you're really I think you're a pretty good traveler. I like traveling with you. I want to take another look at you. Hey. 
what does he say? Like, I just want to take another look at you. But does he say, like, you. turn around? Like, how does he get her? He just says, hey. Hey. Let's see. What does he say? Star is born. Another, another look at you. Hey. I just want to take another look at you. Oh, it's not as like intense as mm-hmm. yeah, but in my mind it's like Yeah, he says it more there's more diction, like I just wanted to look at you again. Mm-hmm. But it's in our Yeah, head. it's a little less we we have it in our minds very like I just want like to get another look at you. It's more like <laughs> Sam Elliott sort of like grizzled slow yes, you yes, know yes. towards it. Yeah. Uh, it's funny how those things take in life. It's like, um, yeah. you know, when we were obsessed for that period of time with that um, <laughs> Philip Seymour Hoffman line in The Talented Mr. Ripley. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. How's the peeping, Tommy? I think that one hey, Tommy. is. I think that one is Tommy. like that, though. How's the peeping? I think that one is like that. Um, okay. And then I talk a little bit about financial stress, which we already talked about a little bit. Just go to bank, bankrate.com, bankrate.com, our other sponsor. Do you get stressed about the hemorrhaging of money around this time of year? Yeah, no. I mean, I think we've done a good job of sort of having the discussion about it beforehand and planning it out a bit. So I think it's a bit less so. Okay. And it just, you know, as we talked about last podcast, just I'm so carefree this time of year. I mean. Yeah. I'm like the tight ass and you're the... Um, it's going to be fine, which is a perfect balance. Um, and then this week I talked about loneliness and grief. You didn't finish it, so I don't know how much help you're going to be here. Yeah, I got through half of the word loneliness. I just got to loan, and then that was. I'm like looking at the clock and being like, can I ask you these questions about these topics? Um, I mean, you can decline if you don't want to talk about it, but um, what is your relationship to those things? Like loneliness and then grief. I think I have, you know, some of the uh, existential components of it. Um, of loneliness or grief? Of grief. I mean, I think you talked about in there, you know, the concept of grieving something that hasn't yet happened mm-hmm. yet. Mm-hmm. And so I think that there are times when I think about, you know, anticipatory grief. And, um, you know, it kind of becomes a bit overwhelming and all consuming for me at times. Yeah. Um, it gets to be real big. And so I think that I through, I mean, through talking through it, you know, I see how that sort of, Um, has had the effect of sort of, I don't know, 
limiting me or making me apprehensive about things or, you know, it's sort of letting something, you know, then just don't think about it, you know? And then it's like, that's just then there in the lingering in the background, this sort of. Hmm. What do you think you're afraid to feel? Afraid to feel like it all doesn't matter. It all doesn't mean anything. You know. Whoa. Mm-hmm. I was not expecting that. Okay. Mm-hmm. That like life doesn't matter because we die and nothing happens. Yeah. I mean, like you know, what's the? Oh. Um, yeah, it's something wow. that you know we talked about. If I talk about in therapy, sometimes it's just like, you know. uh Sometimes, you know, the exercise of like, you know, if somebody gave you all the money in the world today, uh-huh. would you still do what you do? Uh-huh. You know, that sort of a question. And uh-huh. it's, you know, I don't know how many people would say yes, but also then you got to do stuff to be, mm-hmm. you know, to keep going. So where does, where is that line sort of end up between what I've got to do to, you know, the sacrifices that I have to make to create the comforts of life that I want to have versus how much am I doing something that is deleterious to my, my life. And and where does that sort of Mm -hmm. fall into place with the realization that it's, you know, it's, there and gone it could be gone in a minute it could be gone in a thousand minutes it could be gone in you know who knows how long and Mm -hmm. what is it that's gone and Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know it's a cycle of like whoa yeah well it kind of makes me think about when we play euchre and you and mike are like stealing the deal is a part of the game And this is all a game. And capitalism is a game. Our life is a game. Our ability to use, like, digital platforms is a game. And in any day, that could all, the grid could all be fucked. And we are playing, like, it's a little bit like, are we playing fuck the dealer or are we not playing fuck the dealer? Can you steal the deal or can you not steal the deal? I think that's kind of the perspective that I tend to have, which is, like, today these are the rules of the game. And, like, this is how this all looks. But I am, like, so glad that you shared that because I had no idea that you thought about it that way. I didn't know it was so existential. I thought it was, like, I'm afraid to feel sadness so overwhelming. I feel like I'm drowning. Like, I didn't realize it was that. hmm Yeah. That is helpful to know about you. Yeah. I, 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 yeah, I'm, you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> I think it just frames the restlessness I see in you sometimes. This like battle. And there's just like this other thing running in the background. The existential component or the, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. 
because there's part of you that's like, this is so fucking stupid. I don't even really want to do this, but I have to do it because that's the rules of the game. And then there's another part of you that's like, yeah, but I do want to do this a little bit. Like, it's uh, it's more complex than I think I realized. Or am I Yeah, no, it is. It is. And I think it's been, you know, I mean, it's... I think that we, we maybe can agree, maybe not, that if we're looking at this spectrum of nothing fucking matters versus everything fucking matters, like being on every of both ends of those spectrums is not is not a good thing for at least living in the society that we are in um, or living, for your living, well-being. Yes, living with a human brain. I mean, maybe that end of nothing fucking matters um, can take you a lot of places, you yeah. know, <laughs> can take you to very harmful places. It could take you to, you know, um, a place of loneliness. It can take you to potentially maybe even, you know, if you look at what, like, you know, not that I'm a expert in Buddhist culture, but you know, yeah, like or, non-attachment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Versus on the other end of the spectrum, everything fucking matters. You spend your life spinning wheels, caring about, you know, your status and your job and money and possessions and everything. And you're consumed by that and you never take a minute to realize where you're at. And so it's like how much, you know, of this versus how much of that Mm -hmm. is a, a good mix to have. And I don't. I think that I'm I'm frequently struggling with that and fighting myself in both. Cause I think right. I have both of those things, you know, where should I care if I need to wear a button up shirt, you know, in this situation, you know, or just say, fuck it, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm just going with a tank top. Tank top, Belusky. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's really interesting insight to have about how you look at this I read this really interesting thing recently and I hate when people say this and don't source it um, if I think of it I'll put it in the sub in the notes but um, it was something like it's a Buddhist this sounds like a very Buddhist idea which is like stop being so attached to life and start engaging in it and like Like, you know, if you just engage in life, you might not be thinking so much about the meaning of life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah. Which is, cli- I mean, maybe that feels cliche, but I read that and I was like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Just start fucking engaging yeah. in it. Yeah. And I think there there is something that you've talked, mentioned about it too, is, you know, the concept of maintaining curiosity, you know. Mm opposed to judgmental or, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it's you know, something about the differences between those two things. Mm-hmm, you know? mm-hmm. Right. And like not judging or evaluating like either it's not just judging it as bad. It's like judging it as right. Mm-hmm. You know, like, no, it's right that I'm, you know, so driven by success, like attaching meaning to it instead of being like, 
well, why am I mm. so attached to that? Yes. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. So one of the things that I talked about, about like how grief and loneliness can show up is feeling like you're missing out and how Instagram plays a role in that. Mm. And like, it seems like everybody's house looks like, you know, the inside of a crate and barrel catalog. And like one of the prompts I give is like, you know, asking yourself, why are these things important to you? Instead of being like, well, of course I want, like, of course I want my house to look like that and evaluating it, judging it as good or right. Or of course being like, yeah, but what about that Mm -hmm. is so, um, aspirational to you or desirous, Mm -hmm. um, and not from a judgmental perspective, but just like really understanding the nuances of why certain things are so attractive, alluring, whatever. Um, and I think about that with you where you said like, you know, would I, would I still work if I had, you know, if I was independently wealthy? And like, I think you would. I think if you had the freedom to really ask yourself, what is it about law that I really like? Mm-hmm. I think you'd have a lot of answers. Mm-hmm. I think it's the way that you have to work because we aren't independently wealthy. We don't have a sugar daddy yet. Sugar mommy yet. <laughs> um, an angel investor. Um I think if you had the freedom and luxury to, exp- I think you would have real answers there. Yeah, I think so. I do, and I, I thought about that. I mean, I think that there's, I think that the reason, you know, I think financial security was certainly one thing that was impressed upon me, and I, I wanted to have. But I think, you know, more than that, I, I think that there was, there's something that. Um, the reasons why I, I decided to choose this career path, I think we're less concerned with financial gain and more concerned with other things like not feeling like I am a meaningless cog in a machine, even though I am in a way a <laughs> cog in a machine, sure. but I feel are. like there, there is, you know, um, you know, the jobs that I had out of college, like there was, you know, I was working as a financial analyst looking at spreadsheets <laughs> and preparing spreadsheets, taking numbers, reorganizing them, putting them in a different format and sending them to other people and sitting in on meetings where nobody talked about this thing that I did. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, like realizing that like it didn't matter and you know I was there to just fill a seat and you know then I would like go out and co-worker and get high and go back to work and just like zone out and then you know just that I wanted to have a feeling of purpose and so I think that that sort of compelled that um you, you like the stakes being high. like, I I think you don't mind stakes being high. Mm-hmm. 
which I think is very, I'm different than that. Um, I think that's one of the harder parts about my job for me is how high the stakes can be. Mm-hmm. Um, like you, when you were describing that spreadsheet job, I was like, that sounds kind of nice. Like I could see myself liking aspects of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, and there were aspects that I like looking back. Now, I mean, you know, it'd be nice to clock in, clock out and just, you know, cruise and, you know, cruise and and, uh uh, go to an office downtown and, you know, where was it downtown? It was in the, it was in the IBM building, which, um, is a, it, IBM sold it and there's a hotel in there. It was, it's across from. Then it was the Chicago Sun Times building, but then it was the Trump Tower was being Whoa. built Whoa. while I was there. Okay. So, okay. but yeah, you know, town like you know, very very office spacey. You know, mm-hmm. someone coming by like, oh, you don't want to go get a coffee? And you know, like going down, having your little like, you know, like thing that an oh, extender, your lanyard, yeah, your yeah, lanyard yeah. to like scan in, yeah. and then yeah. you know. There is something about that, isn't there? Like, some of that I feel like is film, too. Like, seeing that depicted Mm -hmm. in movies being like, there is a certain amount of clout to that, which is, like, interesting. Um, Yeah. Okay, so your relationship to grief is existential. Mm -hmm. Okay. What about loneliness? Do you ever feel lonely? Nobody knows. The trouble I've seen. <laughs> Nobody knows my problems. Nobody knows. I feel um, lonely right now <laughs> when you do stuff like that because it's like you don't care about my experience. Um. No. Yeah. 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 <sighs> no, I don't. I don't really feel lonely that often i mean i think i guess sometimes like when you and archie have gone on trips and i've been you know hanging by myself um i'll feel lonely and like you know but i kind of like it too though i you know i like Mm -hmm. that as well at times you know or i'm captain of my own ship so and i you know and i like going golfing by myself and meeting up with randoms. And... Do you think you're better at that now than you used to be? Yeah, I think so. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's wrap on that. Um, so I have a couple non newsletter related items that I wanted to bring up. Do you have any? No, go ahead. Okay. Um, a couple of things. In our flight to Sarasota, we had a layover in the Indianapolis airport. And I noticed something when we were, we had an hour, we got off the plane and got on a new plane. We're at Shake Shack, getting some food. And I overhear a couple of times people run into people they know at the airport. Like, I heard someone be like, oh, how's Scotty? Like, um... 
Vanderbilt and like, oh, he's great. He's coming home for the weekend. And uh, I'm like, oh, weird. They, it's, it's interesting. And then I heard it again in the airport. I was like, this is fucking weird. I don't know how big Indianapolis is, but in my head I'm thinking, wow. We get on our plane and I lean over to you and I was like, God, the craziest thing happened at the air- in the airport, in the terminal. I heard... Like, everybody knows each other here. And it just happened, it happened again when we got on the plane. I, I, meant, I saw it, and then I mentioned it to you. And then not even two minutes later, this woman stops in front of us and is like, the person, the woman in front of us, they're like, oh, Carol, it's me, Linda. Remember? I was so-and-so's neighbor. Remember? And I was like, John? fucking seeing this and then it happened again yeah i think yeah i don't i I, it was there was a lot i was like is this a small town like i don't i've never i have never seen that happen and i saw it happen like more than five times yeah it might just be a small town i don't know it was yeah i i felt I couldn't. I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it. Um, yeah, I mean, what do you think the? Have you looked up the population of Indianapolis? I know. No, are you? Yeah. It, it it felt like a trick or like a Nathan Fielder type situation. Yeah, Indianapolis, uh, as of the twenty twenty one. Census Bureau survey, eight hundred and eighty-two thousand. Okay, okay, that's less than I thought, but still, I mean, Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, the state of Indiana, and I guess this is a good maybe put it into context for you. How many times in Chicago did you feel like? I mean, you you recognize people, you ran into people that you knew. I mean, I feel like at the airport zero times okay but just in the city oh in the city okay i mean i feel like there was frequent occurrences where i was like oh i know that person oh i interacted with that person oh i did this with that person. oh i see this person it was like (sighs) a frequent thing and chicago is 2.7 million people i know but that's the entire state of indiana has six Point eight million. I know. People. I understand that, but like everyone, everyone that you, everyone that you know, like being at the airport, going to the same place is like. I'll give you an equivalent. It would be like if in Logan Square, all of a sudden we went to the movie theater there, and we ran into like ten people we know. That would never happen. We might see one person that we would know, but. It was like everybody that went to the same church showed up and was going to Sarasota. On this Maybe flight. it was. Maybe it was a, like a church trip. It wasn't. Oh, you know. Did you ask them if they're all? I could. Did tell you say, "Are you a God fearing?" They person? were all different people uh, and had different relationships. All different I people. Anyway, you're tired and unable to engage in this with me. But it was wild. Anyone else that's gone to Indianapolis, like, please report back. And then the final thing I want to talk about is. We are watching the Twin Flames documentary on Netflix. Um, 
I'm not going to get into the details of it, but I do have to just put this out there into the universe in case anyone else is watching it. I think it's called Escaping Twin Flames or something. Mm-hmm. Um, every single person that was in this cult looks like someone everyone knows. Like, every single person I was like, do I know that person? Mm-hmm. Like, they just, they all look like everyone else. Um, so I just want to put that out there in case anyone else is watching that is having that same experience. I said it to you mm-hmm. and you were like, totally, which you yeah. never agree with me about stuff like that. So I felt like that was a big win. Yeah. Um, and my final question for you is, am I your twin flame? <laughs> I, I still don't really fully understand what, what it's because th- it's not a thing. Oh, yeah. and that's another thing I do want to say in case anyone is watching it. There is an exercise in it that is... Well, it's weird. Be, hold it on. It sounds so much like internal I mean, they keep... So, I already expressed to you my issues with... The documentary. The documentary's uh, editing. Yeah. It's like the same things over and over. And they keep flashing to, like, this dictionary definition or, like, a a Google search for it and this thing that pops up and it's like a twin flame is, but like they never show the whole thing. So I'm trying to like, Uh. like where did this phrase come from? You know, what, where is this, this, what? Well, well, what people are Googling is like how people are getting to the cult is like, Oh my God, there's a brides.com article about what is a twin flame? Eight signs you've met your match. Why don't, why haven't they taken this down yet? Um, You're being critical of brides.com? I, when have I, you ever been to brides.com before? When we were getting married. You went to brides.com? Okay, so a twin Bridezilla. flame. A twin flame is your own soul shared across what appears to be two physical beings. It's one soul split into two bodies. Um, that seems awful. Yeah. I, Why I would do, you want to... I do want to be very clear to anyone that's listening to this that twin flames is a cult. Um, and not... Not an aspirational way of life. Oh, my God. And there's, like, other articles about this. And it's just one of those things that it's just amazing to me about the psychology of cults is like every cult leader, you're just like, yeah, that person's fucking creepy looking. Like mm-hmm. how did this person, you know, like how did you not look at that person and be like, Oh shit, this is a fucking cult. Like immediately you'd say, this is, this is a cult leader. This is somebody who is, I mean, but I think I, you say that now, but, so the one, when, one interesting thing I was going to say about this is they have a strategy that is very similar, sort of. It sounds very similar to a strategy that's used in internal family systems or IFS, like mm-hmm. go to the party you. Now, the difference is, and Dick Schwartz, who created IFS, even made a joke about this at our conference of like, you know, people joke that IFS is a cult. He's like, but the difference is, is I'm not telling you what to do. And in twin flames they it's very directive like tell this part this and like place this with an eye yes 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 whereas in ifs it's like ask it questions and listen and how is it responding to so it is very different but i think there is something very compelling and most of these people are using psychological strategies that 
don't sound all that terrible. Yes, the guy is... Same with, like, Keith Raniere. I mean, these guys aren't, like... For sure. I know, but... It's... It, and then, here's, here's how you know you're in a cult. One, the person who is in charge is creepy, gives you bad vibes. Two, there is some sort of MLM Yes, the happening. MLM for sure, yeah. You are asked for money. If any of those things are happening within your experience, you're in a cult. And that's where it's at. Yeah. Like, if you're being asked to, to promise unwavering loyalty and dedication and financial support. Yeah. Well, in this, in this, and I think both. Axiom and Twin Flames universe, like both, there's so much like override what you think about yourself and like just keep pushing and like don't you can question yourself, but don't question me because I know. Um, I'm very interested to see what happens. John says he already knows what's going to happen. When the problem with it all being the same is a parallel process to the program is like, it's all the same. They're just, it's all the same shit. Like there is nothing else to show you because this is what they do. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you noticed, like Shayla just like repeats everything that what's his nut says. Mm -hmm. Like he'll be like, yeah, you know, it's about like moving through that conflict conflict. And she'll be like, yeah, moving through oneness, you know, just like it's just what it seems like relative to the beginning of it. Like, more muted like in the the early stuff yes. in the early videos well because she's, she's kind of like, also in a cult she's also in a cult yeah. yeah 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 i think she's probably complicit in this but i think she's also probably um under this guy's whatever we have to wait and see what happens or you don't care report back we'll report back yeah anyway i just the thing that really stood out to me was how everybody looks like somebody i know yeah but i don't know any of them i don't think but who knows? Yeah. Um, well, I'm tired. You're yawning excessively. This is all we got. We're you back. Haven't, you haven't yawned once looking at my yawns. Does that mean you're not my twin flame? Because <laughs> you're not like sympathy yawning back at me. I know. You think my twin flame would yawn because back I at me? Because I think I feel guilty. Guilt is getting in the way of my empathy yawns. Okay. Full circle. Well, Booge, we Booge. love ya. Booge. And love you can take off. I'm going to do the like rate and review thing. Okay. Okay. Bye. Bye. Um, no ums, Caitlin. No ums. A twin flame would. Mum on the um. A twin flame wouldn't do that. So. Thanks for hanging with us and listening along. If you'd like to rate and review us, you can find us on Spotify and Apple. And we'll see you guys next week. All right, Archie. So tell me, how was your day? Good, 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 good. I wonder if this is a life hack to get you to keep talking to us about Yeah. Hi, everyone. Quick disclaimer. The information provided on this podcast is for informational purposes only. This podcast does not provide any professional or medical advice. 
Anything written or spoken should not be a replacement for medical, clinical, professional advice, diagnosis, or medical intervention. If you take any action as a result of what you consume on this podcast, this is based solely on your decision, and this podcast cannot be held liable for the consequences of any action or inaction. By consuming this podcast, you agree that there have been no guarantees made about the results of taking any action, whether recommended or not. This podcast provides educational and informational resources that are intended to help readers and listeners thrive in their lives. You nevertheless acknowledge that your ultimate success or failure will be the result of your own efforts, circumstances, and the innumerable factors beyond the control and scope of this newsletter and podcast. Accessing and otherwise utilizing this podcast does not create a therapist-client relationship. Nothing in dialoguing is meant to be a replacement for the services provided by a trained mental health or medical provider.